Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Wild Wasteland. As always, I'm Dean Maldonado, and with me is the uh, carnivorous Michael Johnson. Give me some meat. I want some meat. Mm-hmm. More and more meat, which actually uh, does not reflect this at all. I should have definitely called you insecure. No, yeah. No, I don't know give why me some I beef. I don't, Where's I don't the know beef? why I doubled. <laughs> Where's the beef? Give me the beef. Listen, you and that woman have a lot in common, okay? Yeah, we're you both, both old and dead. Yeah. Is she dead? Yeah, definitely. she What do you mean definitely? Betty White is alive. Yeah, but she looked like Betty White in 1986. Betty White looked like Betty White in 1986. Yeah, Betty White looked like a young, very fuckable woman back then. Yeah, I mean, she still looks like a young, very fuckable woman right yeah, now. Yeah, don't like, get me started asking? talking about where's the beef, who, where's the where's the showers. Who, who's asking like over here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just watched Porky's. I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> oh, we can't watch those 80s movies anymore. <laughs> they did not age well. No, none of them did. They aged as well as beef from the 80s. <laughs> but no, bunch. actually, yeah. Uh, I was... I was uh, talking to someone who was it was like she's like 20 and i was like asking if she's seen like random ass movies she's like no no and i never even heard of that and i was like okay have you ever heard of porky's and she was like no i showed her the commercial she was like wow and i was like yeah that's a 1980s movie like that is what was recommended to me <clears throat> yeah at the uh at like the local off-brand blockbuster by like some 17 year old guy who was just working there and watching movies I was like, "That's what is missing from Netflix." Wait, the guy actually they, handed me Porky's. The seventeen-year-old kid recommended this to you today. No, 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 no. It was back when I was living in Virginia. So, God, I was probably fourteen, thirteen. Okay, thirteen, fourteen. Did that like se- fifteen at the max? Did that seventeen-year-old boy invite you to his van too? No. Okay, I'm just ask, you know, I'm just asking. You gotta ask questions sometimes. It wasn't an inner city at that point. Ooh, watch out. Listen, I went from inner city to suburb, to suburb, to suburb, and now I'm back in the city. Listen, we don't, we're not listening to your fucking story today. We're talking about something special. Holy you, shit, which you are may so be correct. Your magnum opus. Maybe. Wow. I, I, I sincerely hope not. This, this is what people I are really going to talk that, about. I really hope I do better than this, you know? This is we had to take but, two weeks off to do this. Yeah, it's very true. That's very true. <laughs> this, uh, it's better be worth worth three weeks worth of stuff. That's it. To, to all the fans, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've missed you all. I hope you've missed our voices and uh, all my sexy shirtless pics that I've been sending out. Um, you you've been doing the OnlyFans. What's OnlyFans? I've been posting these on Craigslist. Nice. And eBay. Ooh. At a penny a piece. I like Facebook. They get a lot better. They get bid up way more on eBay, and I don't know why. But whatever. I'm not here. I'm not here to ask questions. You know. Yeah. I'm here to tell you shit about this motherfucker. Oh my god! I'm so excited. So, okay. To catch you guys up, because I grew up with serialized TV, which always gives you a. Last week on, um, previously on we Wild left off Wasteland. last week. 
Truly, dude, we need it for this. Uh, we left off with Ellen White and her incredible prophecies. And now we turn our attention to the first actual serial maker of this entire serial, serial deep dive. Dun, dun, dun. I wish we had a sound effects guy. Bum, bum, bum. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're so on time. Bum, dun, either way uh the the title of the episode may have given it away but we are talking about john harvey kellogg and this place called the battle creek sanitarium which uh as you can probably guess is in battle creek michigan bum 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 which is also known as uh, Serial Town, USA, I believe. Crunch, That's crunch, the, uh, the, crunch. The, the common nomenclature. I don't. I don't know. Is it? I. 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 I do believe. I do believe, sir. I feel like you've done too much research, and you're too into this. No one knows. No one knew that it was Battle Creek, Michigan, and no one knows it as Serial Town, USA. I mean, that's. Honestly, people probably know it more. If we have a million people listening, fact, only two of those people knew what the fuck you're talking about. Guarantee it. Outside of General Mills, every single other cereal that you've ever heard of comes from Battle Creek, Michigan. Jesus Christ, really? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm the idiot here. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I mean, even, even Stephen Colbert referenced it on his The Late... Night show or a late night show. That's what it is. <clears throat> oh, okay. And what? When did this happen? Recently? No, 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 no. Turn of the century. Uh, no, literally Stephen like Col- the early 1900s. I meant Stephen oh, Colbert. Oh, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> 1907. Oh, he referenced uh, it. This in man is very old. Oh, okay. He's a vampire. Yeah, he he. No, he's a cyborg. He's sent from the future, but they really got the date wrong. To eat cereal, they fucked up the they fucked up the zeros. I am the Terminator. He was sent to the gone. year. He was into the year two thousand mm. instead. Uh, sorry, two hundred instead of two thousand. Wow, that really fucked it up. I told you. Forgot to carry he the was one. Jesus. That's why he was a. Uh, he's such a Christian now. Are you eating? No. Are you? It sounds like you're eating. Whatever your mom's eating. <laughs> I mean, I was just eating, eat, eating that box. You know, Jesus just Christ, munch, munch, munching that box of mommy pussy. <laughs> no, of cornflakes. That's oh, what we're talking about, dude. Oh, okay. What the fuck? What are you talking about, you gross man? I did. Well, I'm, there's no denying that. Someone should cancel you. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, 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 hey! Country of Switzerland, cancel Michael Johnson. Oh, uh, we already uh, did. Listen- <laughs> oh. unless, unless he knows. Okay, whatever. Either way, where 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 should we begin with this? <clears throat> At the beginning. Why not okay, the fine. beginning? <laughs> it's right okay. there in the script. Okay, fine. <laughs> Don't tell people about the script. You know I hate. That's my biggest pet peeve. <clears throat> 
my biggest pet peeve is when you tell people about my scripts. Yeah. Well, you know, they all you think that your this. part is scripted, and they don't know that you're just dumb and don't actually know anything. Dumb? Yes. No. Funny? I mean, like, I mean uh, also not, not yes. Dumb. I mean, like, like slow. I talk perfectly normal. <laughs> I know, but you live life. It has in 1866, <laughs> a judge of the Michigan Superior Court named Benjamin Graves opened the Western Health Reform Institute. On eight acres of land. Holy shit, you do know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, I know. I, I This I've, is super impressive. Honestly, I'm I'm blown away. I did hundred and sixty eight pages of uh, research here. I'm blown I'm 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 blown away. Yeah. Mainly in my groin. But uh but Benjamin Graves actually started? is not important at all here, Michael. <laughs> 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 I mean, in terms of our story, like, like he opened the institute when he uh, when he like when he retired from being a circuit judge in Michigan, mm-hmm. which is basically a judge that goes around Michigan doing being a judge, whatever. Uh, he actually later would accept a nomination to the Supreme Court, and so the uh, the institute was fully ran by Seventh Day Adventists. Um. So in 1876, John Harvey Kellogg comes back from med school, becomes the medical director, and, uh, you know, he's 24, like a year younger than me right now. Uh, who's 24 right now who's really, really famous? Jaden Smith? No, he's like 22. Who cares? <laughs> Help me out here, Michael. I don't know. I don't know any twenty-four-year-olds. I hate. I'm that sure. Age. I'm sure there's at least one K-pop star that's twenty-four. Yeah, all of them. And they that's all probably look young. the oldest they're allowed to be. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so he actually <laughs> <laughs> the, he came back from college and was like, "Listen, people, I know things. Oh, <laughs> I have degrees. I am a doctor." And they're like, "All right, John Harvey, we we know you're fucking dead." And he's like, oh, God, all right, I'm going to prove it. And so uh, he does. He actually renames it to the Battle Creek Medical Surgical Sanitarium, which they later nicknamed the San. And uh, before John Harvey had arrived, because they were Seventh-day Adventists, they were following, obviously, Ellen White's practices of vegetarianism, but they also added uh, the Gramist principles, the Gramism principles, uh, which uh, promoted a lot of, like whole grains, and they wanted like a lot of healthy living, some exercise, a lot of sleep, and temperance, or you know, not touching yourself. You with me? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you got so quiet. I was like, did you? Did, did I lose him? Well, I was did just die? thinking about temperance. What about it? I don't know. What is is that? That's like a okay. religious thing, right? I think so. Like they're super Christian. I believe the temperance is a Christian thing. Yeah, like um, I don't know. Like I don't know that much about Christianity, but yeah. Uh, let's fucking find out. No, it's good. Who cares? <laughs> Who gives a shit? So these guys, honestly. Are- I don't. <coughs> it's like so a, they don't touch themselves. Okay. 
Oh, restful. Mm. Oh, restful. So no fucking. No, like they wanted him to get like a full night's sleep, basically. Gross. Yeah. But then once Kellogg came and renamed it and was the medical director, the SAN became a world-renowned health institute and was instrumental in, in spawning the entire health food industry. Um, it was a huge boost for vegetarianism. Uh, and it was the first time that like legitimate science was being done into uh I always try and bu- I always butcher this word but I believe it's dietetics. Oh really? Di- like what was the science? Like they're counting calories or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I'll get to all that later. It's they, they he created a system um which is incredible that they were able to enact simply because of the the institute that John Harvey had made and his background. Oh really? Because, like, he is—he was a heavily trained doctor and an expert surgeon, and so he would—he—he—he—he uh, he, he, he embraced all branches of medicine, including surgery. Uh, he had a huge emphasis on fresh air, which was really strange to people back in, you know, fucking the eighteen. 1870s you know mm-hmm. he's like get a lot of fresh air they're like why it's cold <laughs> it's the best air for you they're like it's michigan sir do you not know where you are he's like but there's sunshine and they're like we don't need it we have candles <laughs> and he's like what about exercise and they're like what about it <laughs> this is all this is Who all legitimate like everything this guy's talking about is pretty much like help bo- bolstering your immune system. Yeah. Except for the religion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh and then he like promoted rest and diet and the dietary practice actually eliminated cuz it was based on vegetarianism at, at its at its nature as core. Uh it eliminated meats, condiments, spices, Alcohol, coffee, uh, chocolate, tea. Oh my god! Tobacco. What? Um, literally anything with caffeine. Anything good for you, pretty much. (laughs) Anything fun. Exactly. Anything fun. This guy seems like a real downer, dude. I guess he kind of was. Kinda. He also was like a super know-it-all, but. I think that's half the reason that I love him. So this becomes a cult, right? No. Oh, you sure? I'm positive. This sounds like the beginning of a cult. Does he take Why? away all their money? When he took out all that harmful shit, he uh, actually substituted all of it by creating um, nutritious substitutes for the what, what he considered harmful foods, like all the shit I just listed. Um, and the reason that it worked so well is because he actually used incredibly specific and careful tracking and scientific backing for all of the things that he was doing from the most modern doctors of his day. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to all of that in the episode. 
or two or seven or whatever <laughs> the fuck this turns into. Uh, but the the reason that, that that John Harvey Kellogg is connected to Ellen White, besides the fact that the the sand is run and funded by Seventh Day Adventists, is uh actually crazier than you'd think. I, well, how crazy is it? I mean, how crazy would you think it is? Well, it's, I think it's going to be a fucking cult. I know you do, but what do you think Seventh-day Adventism is? That's definitely a cult. Of course. But it's a cult with a tax-exempt status. So it's a religion. They never got tax-exempt. Did it? Seventh-day Adventists? Of course they did. Yeah, I think you have to have a religion that was established before 1980 or something for you to be eligible for it. I think after that they're just like we're cutting. We're, no one could start a new religion. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said, and it's like what? Okay, but um, like, other so, than like the First so, Amendment, <clears throat> am I right? Exactly, sir. So John Harvey Kellogg was born in Tyrone, Michigan, in 1852, to John Preston Kellogg. And John Preston's second wife, Anne Jeanette Stanley, who eventually, obviously, became Anne Jeanette Stanley Kellogg. Mm-hmm. But so, a quick side note about his dad, John Preston. He was from Massachusetts and moved to Michigan in 1834 after his first wife died, and he remarried in 1842 to Anne Jeanette Stanley. And he already had six kids from his first marriage. Jesus Christ. Well, that's what you did back in the day. Just for pumping yeah, out those fucking I mean, kids. Ellen White had like, what, 11 brothers and sisters? 13? Mm-hmm. Uh, Insane. Well, and then once he once he married Anjanette Stanley, they went on to have 11 kids together. <laughs> Uh, That's just so many fucking kids. Well, dude, a lot of kids died. Oh, they have eleven. Well, how many of them died? Oh, I don't know. Oh, they didn't I, track any of the kids besides the two that made it. Ah, oh, jeez. Which was John Harvey Kellogg and Will Keith Kellogg. I guess they're all dead now. I guess death is relative. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <clears throat> yeah. So John Preston was actually a follower of Seventh-day Adventism and was very close friends with Ellen White and her husband. Uh he was actually such good friends that he and three other couples, I think I told you this in the Ellen White episode, mm-hmm. they pulled money together and convinced the Whites to move to Battle Creek in 1855 with their publishing company. You remember that? The wait. There's a lot of names being on that. So no, I I get it. I get it. So Ellen White, the one that we covered two episodes ago, she moved with her and her husband. The last episode. To, oh, this is. It's been so long. Last I know, episode. I'm so sorry. Okay, last episode. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm making sure that you're caught up to where we are. Okay, so they moved to Battle Creek. Okay, all right. 1856. Yeah. So so. 
they moved to Battle Creek because John Preston Kellogg and three other families donated money to them to be like, hey, you guys should pack everything up, sell off whatever you can, <clears throat> move from here to Battle Creek, and then set up your business with all this money. And then we'll come a little bit later and like we should get our plans or our, our, our dreams going, basically. Okay. You know? Sounds like a cult to me. Uh, Sell all your stuff and then just move into my little area. No, 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 no. None of them lived there at that point. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. They got to move there. Yeah, so they moved there, and then the Kellogg's moved to Battle Creek in 1856. So the next, the next year, they moved there. The next season. Um, and then even though John Preston Kellogg. When he moved to Battle Creek, opened and operated a broom factory. Wow. Yeah, I know. He made brooms. Yeah, no, the business and is actually, brooming. <laughs> Ooh. Brooming. Ooh. I said brooming. Yeah, I heard you every single time. I'll just sweep that joke under it, the rug. The more you sound like a car. I'll just sweep that joke under the rug. Oof. <laughs> Oof. It feels like you're like flicking a testicle each time you say these jokes. Um, I don't know if that's bad or good. Like I'm kind of turned on, but also in pain. You know? Yeah, you're a sadist. Cool. Wow. <laughs> don't be throwing around any ist words on this show, sir. You're right. Sadism. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your 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 change of tone we and like, uh, an outlook on life. We like isms well, around here. So even though John Hart, uh, John Preston Kellogg, the dad, ran the broom factory, um, W. K. William Keith, the younger brother, actually did work for the dad and like went around selling brooms for a long time, like around the entire country. It's awesome. Uh, but so John Harvey did not work for his dad because he was like a sickly kid. Have you noticed that trend? Yeah, no, it, it, it was most kids back then. Probably because um, they didn't give them meat. They just gave them cigarettes and <laughs> granola bars or whatever they're going to do to these kids. No, they gave them like gruel for breakfast. Ah, no, not the they, Kellogg's. They're probably wealthy. The Kellogg's, right? One of them. I don't know if I would say wealthy. I mean, they definitely weren't poor. They ran a f- they ran a functioning business. Yeah, and the children were working. Yeah, because John Harvey was working for uh, for James White, Ellen White's husband, by age twelve. You're right. You're right. And so uh, John Harvey Kellogg actually became a protege for James White with his printing company and would go around. He basically was like a apprentice or like an intern or whatever you want to call him. You said printer's devil. Yeah. So that's the technical name. Uh, (laughs) It's really cool. He did. He did every single job in the entire business. And the, the one of the top jobs before you get to like actually writing anything 
is a thing is a job called the printer's devil which basically you do everything for the printer yeah. there's a lot of tedious work that they need to do that they don't want to do you know you're being the printer's advocate wait no <laughs> no I, I i did write uh the printer's bitch boy which i do think i do think explains it pretty pretty well yeah that's that's definitely oh okay like that's a weird term well, and so not now yeah, that you I mean, put like, it like context like, of that. It, right sorry what not well now that you said like a like put it into context like that like the printer's devil sounds cool, but he's pretty much yeah, like his bitch boy, and I imagine a lot yeah. of that stuff was uh, pretty gross back then. I mean, yeah, you'd just be covered in ink and grease, like all day, yeah, all night, and like, come. working nonstop. Um, but so they're actually um, Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain were. Printers devils when they were sickly kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once he was done with that, he went on to proofreading and actually eventually wrote some editorials. And while he was uh, while he was working there, because he was proofreading, you know, he was reading over all of Ellen White's books as they were printing them. That way, they could proofread it. No. Yeah, so first off, he was becoming incredibly bright because he was reading so much, and so like fuck school, right? Well, yeah. But he also started following a vegetarian diet because of reading Ellen White's books. Wow, he's indoctrinated. Sure, I mean, I'm sure he was before. He's a child of the Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah, just wait. That that brain had to be just like gruel, you know what I mean? Just like very moldable. I feel like you still don't know what gruel is, but you're trying to use it like you do. It's water and oats. Okay, you're not wrong. Uh, but so either way, he was like oh, he was a vegetarian and then he wanted to become a teacher like every other kid who didn't go to school of that time for some fucking reason. But he was convinced by his own parents and Ellen and uh, James White to go with his half-brother and two of the White's children to New Jersey for a six-month medical course. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because what they wanted to do is they wanted them to go become doctors, come back to Michigan, to Battle Creek, and run the Western Health Reform Institute. Oh, so it's like investing yeah. in your future. Yeah. It's it's like it's like building a really good foundation of minds. Yeah, I guess is a really good way of putting it, where it doesn't sound culty. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It almost sounds exactly like a cult. <laughs> Shut up. It, it like, <laughs> like yeah, you you can go get your uh, doctor's degree and everything, as long as you come back here and you're a doctor for us. 
Yeah, no, I mean, they're like, listen, we're going to pay for everything. Just come back. But so John Harvey, as I told you, came back, is working as a lead doctor from 1876, and he works there until just before he dies in 1943. Wow. Did he die in World War II? No, he was 91. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> Send sending out. John Harvey Kellogg, a 91-year-old, <gasps> onto like the beaches of Normandy with like 12-year-olds and 15-year-olds running around with him. Obviously, he would have been like a medic <laughs> or a doctor. No, no, he's front lines. <laughs> <clears throat> he's no coward. <laughs> it's John Harvey Kellogg. I really, I, I wish there was like a recording of him speaking. Because, like, the only way you can hear him talk is, like, listening to Anthony Hopkins try and do an impression of him. But, like, he for never some smoked? reason, he makes him sound like Colonel Sanders. That's weird. He was he died in 1940. There was, like, recording equipment back then. It's weird. That's fair. And, uh, he, re- he basically he wrote a lot of books and was mainly invested in his sanitarium because he did most of his uh, – touring because he was a notable speaker when he was young to gain a lot of attention and by a lot of touring i literally mean that at that point really all he had to do was go from where he was to new york boston and come back and then all the other speak all the other speeches he did was at the sanitarium right so I i don't know if they really recorded any it was Hard enough to find what I found on him. Because really the best thing you can find on him is uh, this book that he wrote in um, 1922, mm-hmm. which was called Tobaccoism. And it was actually the, uh, the first popular book in America <clears throat> to ever talk about the dangers of smoking tobacco. Wow, really? Wh- when was it published? 1922. Why'd they call it tobaccoism? <laughs> that I didn't read that book. <laughs> it just it just doesn't make any sense. It's like wife beaterism. It's like what? What is this? Listen, man, you got you got to read it and you'll find out. It's like it's anti-tobacco. Well, that's cool. I thought when you said tobaccoism, I was like, it's a pro-life version of t- smoking tobacco. No, it's literally like. Because he was he was anti tobacco, he was anti alcohol, anti caffeine, anti spice. Like, he did not like anything that was not pure, organic, basically from his kitchen. Um, got that so, pure tobacco. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe if he grew it. Maybe. Then he would he would probably try it. But yeah, he was against tobacco. I kind of doubt that. Now. So sorry, just finished my last piece of chicken. <laughs> I wanted to finish the chicken before I talked about this next part because it gets <laughs> really gross. <laughs> we if any of you are eating, I recommend putting down the food. Put the I don't chicken know why you down. Would eat and listen to a podcast, you lonely person. I listen to podcasts right. when I'm eating. 
Okay, you're a lonely person. I am lonely. I'll say it to your ears. Because we're not in the same room and I miss you greatly. (laughs) Thank you. So, John Harvey was actually one of the most anti-masturbatory people I have ever looked into. Wow, really? How anti-masturbatory was he? Um, I don't believe that he ever ejaculated. He, now, wait. that's all speculation on my part. That is all speculation. Jerk off Hear me out, okay? Or all together? His entire life. Oh, he never came? I don't think so. Wow. I don't think so, like, ever. His balls must have been the size of grapefruits. Either that or they stopped producing at some point. I don't know how I don't know how that it all works. I don't know how it would work either if you lived 91 years without ever ejaculating. I think you would just die so, at 91. What? I think you would just die at 91. If you would never ejaculate? Yeah, you just like drop dead. That could happen. I mean, so there's a there's a movie that you can watch if you want to see like video representations. Actually, lightly accurate. I'm not kidding. It's like visually speaking, the inventions that they're using. A lot of them are very accurate to what John Harvey Kellogg invented and used at the sanitarium, um, because this movie was based on a book, which was written based on the book that I read. Um, it's from 1994. It's called The Road to Wellville. And it's like it's like $2. It's like $3 on Amazon. And you get it for a fucking week. <laughs> or two weeks. I think it's a 14-day rental for like two ninety nine. Wow. You don't have to be Jewish. That's a good fucking deal. You know? $3 for a movie? I could I go to 7-Eleven and I buy Blu-rays and own them for $5. Or four? No, I think it's three dollars. You would not want to own this movie. Well, you know, you never know when you want to pop it in and watch someone not masturbate for three hours. Uh, that's why I'm saying. Listen, it's it's a 1994 comedy. Oh, it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. You were laughing your ass With off. With Matthew Broderick, uh, John Cusack, Anthony Hopkins, Dana Carvey. Oh, it's a killer cast. Terrible movie. Way too long. Random nudity. A lot of sex at the place that was very anti-sex. Were they fucking at the place? No. Are you sure? I think that they're like I'm I think positive. this movie I think they were fucking constantly. Not at all. They kept men and women in separate wings of the property. That doesn't that doesn't stop people. They ha- what do you mean? That doesn't Calm stop down. people Calm at all. Calm down, sir. Calm down. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the sanitarium soon enough. This is quit, the road. Quit chomping at the bit. <laughs> this all is right? the road to the sanitarium. We'll get there. Because we're talking about John Harvey. Oh, okay. John Harvey Kellogg. Yeah. Okay, sir. We're not talking about the sanitarium yet. Don't jump ahead. Okay. You know if we're in the same room, I usually kick you when you do that. But I can't kick you. You can try. I can really try, but I'll hurt myself. Um, 
so right. I don't think he ever masturbated. No, like literally, I I know he never masturbated, but I don't think he ever came like his entire life wow. because he married this woman, Ella Ervilla Eaton, in 1879, and their entire marriage, they maintained separate bedrooms. And they never had biological children. Mm-hmm. However, they fostered 42 kids. What? And legally adopted around seven of them. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, when you foster, and that means I mean, that you just have them in your house for a while, right? And you get paid from the government? Yeah. It's like you are taking care of these children. So they had like a like a makeshift orphanage. I don't know you if you would have to call it makeshift. Yeah. But no, John Harvey Kellogg lived in a massive house. Oh, okay. That was able to fit all of these children. And then they they didn't have 42 at the same time. Oh. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, stretched out throughout the yeah. years. Yeah, they, like, constantly were fostering kids. Where were all these kids going? I don't know. When they Kept grew up, they go off into the world. Kept disappearing into the cereal, I bet. Probably. That's the secret ingredient, is children. Yeah, they probably went running off after, uh, after Uncle W.K. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Because dad's so mean. Yeah. He's so strict. He doesn't let us have any sugar. Yeah. No. You're going to the We'll get to that as well. Uh, So to cap off John Harvey and his connection with the White family, uh, when James White fell ill, he he was taken to the sanitarium where John Harvey Kellogg tried everything that he did that he could and with all of his resources that I'll tell you about very soon he couldn't save uh, Mr. White Mr. James White no oh. sadly oh what what happened the guy died oh man that sucks I mean, but he had, like, a stroke, like, a long time before that, and he was <sighs> old and, like, constantly was working, and they finally retired, and they died. That's what happened to people back then, you know? Uh, yeah. That's, that's what happens to people now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, even to the ones that, like, don't physically die, like, they die inside, you know? I know that feeling. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> so so before we get to the actual sanitarium itself I do want to tell you a little bit more about John Harvey Kellogg cuz cuz up to this point uh what I've what I've been trying to do for you is kind of breeze over most everything that we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. before I get into the nitty-gritty because this shit as you can tell is dense Yeah it's thick like a cereal milkshake Ooh, yeah. Would would you say like a like a milk and cookies in a bottle? Sure. I don't know what kind of crazy person would use that terminology, but sure. I don't know either, but we'll figure it out. So, uh, so thanks to the White family, John Harvey came back from that six month medical course in New Jersey, and then went on to attend med school at the uh, 
the University Medical School of Ann Arbor, which I would have to guess is now part of University of Michigan. Maybe. Just simply because it's Ann Arbor. That's where UMich is. Oh, okay. I know uh, I knew and, Ann Arbor. And he went to... You've never been to Ann Arbor? Well, I, I, I recognized it. So I, I must have... No, I've never been there, but I did recognize oh. it. <laughs> Great town. Great town. Shout out Ann Arbor. Okay. Um, but so... And then he also went to the NYU Medical College at Bellevue Hospital... In New York City. And I don't know if you know what Bellevue is. Bellevue is the, the largest public, and I think it's the, one of the oldest public hospitals in New York City. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So he had a lot of training. Yeah. Impressive. Mm-hmm. And that's why it took him so long to come back to Battle Creek. It took him until uh, 1876. And then the next year, like it was like a few months later, uh, the beginning of the next year, he became medical director of what was then the Western Health Reform Institute. Oh, cool. Nepotism. Mm-hmm. And he's 24. And fucking, you know, rip raring, ready to go. Crazy. Oh, my God. I, I'll, I'll, I'll Instagram out tomorrow. I'll Instagram a... a a picture of him young and a picture of him old. Just so you can see the difference. He's a, he's a lovely looking Colonel Sanders of a man. <laughs> um, and as I told you earlier, he did change the name to the Battle Creek Medical Surgical Sanitarium, which is a very long and really kind of ridiculous name. Medical Surgical Sanitarium? It, it kind of sounds like one mm-hmm. of those tongue twisters to... Uh... Like practice speech, like rubber baby buggy bumper. Oh yeah, dude! Till he gets you ready to go on stage and be an actor. Yes, an actor. To sit in solemn silence on a dull, dark dock, awaiting the sensation of a short, sharp shop. Short. Oh shit! I fucked it up. A short. I fucked it up anyway. A short, sharp, short, sharp shock from a cheap and chippity chopper on a big black block. Jesus Christ. I finished it. I got it. Whatever. So actually, (laughs) uh, what's really fun about this name, besides just like saying it as a tongue twister, (laughs) is that he took the word sanatorium, Mm -hmm. which is a health resort for invalid soldiers. So for like sick and wounded soldiers, uh, and this is a quote from me. He, said, he goes, a change of two letters transformed sanatorium to sanitarium, and a new word was added to the English language. Jesus Christ, this guy sounds like Donald Trump. Oh, he's <laughs> much smarter. It's like, it's like and, I, and I made the best words. <laughs> Instead of bottle, I said battle. It's a new word. <laughs> Honestly, just wait till you see how resilient this man is in real estate, and you'll be like, yeah, no, he can't be Trump. Trump would be like, what? <laughs> I'm done. Let's go to court. <laughs> um, so John Harvey was a lot of things. He was a dietitian, an inventor, a scientist, a doctor, a surgeon, a uh, speaker, a writer, um, 
He was part of the Seventh Day Adventist Church, but they actually eventually kicked him out at one point. No oh, shit. What was that? I actually I don't know why they kicked him out. I like tried to look into it. I really <laughs> couldn't figure it out. But they kicked him out in 1907. Oh, it was too radical, probably. Either that, or he was too outspoken about certain issues that they didn't want to be linked with. Ooh, is my best guess. It's always politics. <clears throat> well, because 1907 is when a few of his books started coming out. Um, but he was also like, like the celebrity doctor of the day, and not like Doctor Phil. I mean, like, like Doctor Oz. Uh, Like Dr. Oz? I want to say Dr. Drew. Yeah. What about Dr. Drew? I th- I feel like that's more like what... It, honestly, it's, it's like if, uh, if like, Elon Musk had a baby with... Uh, oh, what's the Asian guy's name from Community? Oh, the... Oh, the, the Hangover. The, uh, the doctor that became a comedian? Ken Jong. Kim Jong? Is that his name? Ken Jong? I'm not familiar. I don't know, but I know his story. It's pretty cool. I've seen him perform. Yeah, he's before. like a legitimate doctor that was like, fuck this, and became a comedian and then became an actor. Yeah. He's like a multi fucking incredible billionaire movie star. I don't know if he's a yeah, multi billionaire. It's, it's Ken Jong. Oh, right on. I doubt he's a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot to make a billion but dollars. So, it does. Um, I believe is Kevin Hart officially a billionaire? Uh, no. I think the only billionaire comedian I think is uh Drew Schiefer. She played Elaine on um or Jerry Seinfeld. Elaine Louise Dreyfus? Yeah. No, uh, not Elaine. Uh, Louise 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 Dreyfus or whatever the fuck. Yeah, but it, she mostly became like a billionaire because uh, her father was like really wealthy when he died. But she was in a lot of funny stuff. Yeah, she was. I think Larry the Cable Guy might be like one of the. It's either him or the guy that does puppets. He might be one of the highest. Jeff pay- Dunham. Yeah, he's one of the highest paid comics. I don't know if it's a billion though. Well, I mean, I would believe that, but like, I don't believe that. <clears throat> he would be, yeah, that's it. Kanye's a billionaire. Really? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he, like, bankrupt, like, three years ago? Yeah, dog. Wow. Yeah, companies live in debt. I don't know if you know that. What? We got we to gotta start getting some what? debt going. I know. We really need to build some debt. Uh, but, yeah, as of as of today, he's worth... Uh, 1.3 bill. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I got to ask for 0.3 bill from him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's what he wants to give you. Like I'm like, hey, Kanye, can I borrow Can I borrow one, one, uh, 0.3 bill? And he's like, can I borrow 1.3 dollars? And he's like, no. Wait, what? And you're like, yeah? He's like, no. Oh, man. Shot down again. Fuck. Kanye, Kanye, Kanye. Either way, back to John Harvey Kellogg. Yeah, what else is going on here? 
So he treated actually a lot of notable figures from history. So I guess uh, get out your history figure bingo sheets. <laughs> okay, I got them out. All right, here, 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 here's the order coming out of the coming out of the the roller. Uh, Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. Henry Ford. Wow. Amelia Earhart. Oof. Sojourner Truth. Not familiar with that person. That's because uh, she's a black woman. Uh oh. <laughs> Ask your girlfriend. <laughs> Ida Tarbell. <clears throat> Ida Tarbell is actually the foremost uh, investigative reporter of the day. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Who went there thinking that the whole thing was a hoax and, like, came out and was like, damn, that was dope. That was a good cult. In, yeah. Uh, J.C. Penny. Wait, the, the store? Person. Whoa! You're going to like the way you look. Ah, and they loved the way they felt. Uh, Ivan Pavlov. Sounds like a I Russian. don't believe he was allowed to bring the dogs. Oh, okay. Uh, Booker T. Washington. Uh, thank you for Switzerland for having us at your 111th most popular podcast comedy interview podcast. Co- po- podcast. Yeah, dog. I'm not even upset that I'm right beneath the tea bag of Bob Saget. Either way, uh, Warren G. Harding stayed there before he ran for president. That's that's a hint for you, Michael. Oh wow, Warren G. President. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, John D. Rockefeller Jr. Oh, just Jr. They couldn't get Senior. No, damn. It's really hard to get that guy. He lived to be like 180, um, didn't he? I think he's still alive. He got uh, he so got in January of 1901. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? I was trying to talk past you. He got 16 heart transplants. <laughs> that was so not worth doubling back for. No, it was worth it. 16 heart transplants. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a great a third time for a charm. <laughs> he had uh, I heard so, that he got 16 heart transplants. Whoa. Yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, and fucking four brain surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> uh Buy one, get two free. Yeah, I guess that's like four lives, five mm. lives. Uh, he's the real life no. video game character. He would need, he would need three more. He would need three. Uh, he would need a lot more organs. Either way, um, <laughs> I don't want to start picking apart Frankenstein, Rockefeller over here. Ooh, watch out! I know. That's why I have a torch at all times. He's mm-hmm. still afraid of fire. Oil. And you're like what? <laughs> um, so was that it? So in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are all the famous people. Oh, cool. Did you want a longer list? Uh, I'm so sorry. I was just. Was at, that I, was not, just was that I thought there may have been more. You? I thought there may have been more. I'm not gonna argue. That I mean, was there impressive. probably were. But, like, you got to think, like, there were probably people that stayed there that went on to become bigger. Mm. I mean, like, like this one guy who I don't want to say is a total piece of shit, rip-off hack, but, like, <laughs> okay. we might come to find that out. We might not. 
We'll have to find out in a few weeks. But uh, WC Post, the man who created Post Serial. Oh, he stayed there? Stayed there. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he stayed there to learn how it was all done. And as soon as he left, he went and made his own company. He's like, now I know how to make cereal. <laughs> yeah, dude, by, by like the 13th, by, by 1900, like uh, there were like, I think, 300 cereal companies in Battle Creek. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was, that's why it's, it's uh cereal city. But like, it's like, it was like a boom town, like, like a gold rush, but for cereal. <laughs> for cereal. <laughs> This is crazy. Let's get that. I know. Come on, let's like, get going. So, <laughs> before uh, before we get into the fun stuff, I have one, one, a few, few terrible things to tell you about. But I'll get to them in one second. Because oh. uh, this guy, this guy Edward uh, Halsey, actually went from Battle Creek Sanitarium where he was working as a baker, and he moved. In 1901, mind you, mm-hmm. from Battle Creek, Michigan, to New Zealand. What? <laughs> and when he when he got there, he created New Zealand's first breakfast cereal called uh, caramel cereals and wholemeal bread, and it was it's known as the Sanitarium Health Food Company. Oh, okay. He wanted to be a big fish and in a small pond. Exactly, okay. and he is because the Sanitarium Health Food Company is still alive and well today. Damn, that's what you got to do. Yeah, you got to go to a different country and make something that we already have. Yeah, hmm, China. What? I wonder where they got the idea. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So here are the listen. Like a, a no one's that great. I have a, a big saying in my life of uh, don't research your heroes. Like you can meet them as much as you want, but like just never research them. Do not look into okay. Bill Cosby. Don't just do don't it. Don't look into anything they do because like do you'll it. hate them eventually. Once you find the right thing, you're gonna hate them. Yeah. But so here are the things to make you hate this man before we get on to all the really dope shit he does. You ready? I'm ready. I'm here. Okay. I hope you're braced and not eating. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, because Kellogg subscribed to what's called the social hygiene movement, which dis- it was this big uh, kind of like thinker movement that discouraged sexuality and masturbation. Uh, he actually promoted and developed what he called anaphrodisiac foods. Which is basically, that means, uh, like, a food that's meant to, like, quell your libido or, like, stop you from being horny. Turn you off instead of turn you on. So, like, actually, that's that was his, uh, that was his intent for cornflakes. Yeah, no, cornflakes are pretty disgusting. I never think about fucking after eating a bowl of cornflakes or any cereal. Yeah, and that was his, that was his thought was, like, listen, it's, it's so bad that you, you're not horny afterwards. Yeah, like it's not a very sexy food. It's like in a bowl. It's all like wet and but crunchy. It like hurts your mouth. Yeah, and it's like some of it's soggy, some of it's crunchy. Yeah, and I'm like doing a it's workout. Stuck in your teeth. Yeah. Very unsexy. Well, 
We'll get to the cornflakes later. Yeah. But he was actually one of the main people to popularize the idea that masturbation causes blindness. Uh-oh. He called it a he called it the solitary vice and the vile practice. <laughs> Here's here's what he wrote about masturbation. He goes, uh, uh, he said that masturbation led to poor digestion, memory loss, impaired vision, heart disease, epilepsy, and insanity. Why do people always do that? They like my thought. My honest-to-God thought about the whole thing, well, first off, he was raised to think this because Sylvester Graham was the one who popularized the idea that your palms will grow hair from masturbating. And that's what led into Millerism, which is what led into Ellen White, which is what led into him. Right. So he was, like, born and bred to believe this. It was also a major way of thinking at the time, especially among a lot of doctors that he surrounded himself with um it just seems ridiculous of course it does and there were tons of doctors who were like that's insane that's ridiculous but they weren't very popular yeah because we still you know it was still very religious people were living at that time yeah and doctors were nuts because uh they were around the same time like we talked about uh, there's a doctor going around saying, like, washing your hands will prevent people from dying from your dirty hands. And he was put into a mental institution for saying it. Mm-hmm. It's like these doctors are just so dogmatic with their beliefs. It's just, I just don't understand, like, even if there is, like, one bad thing about masturbation, I don't know what it could be. But there probably is something that it does. It's like, why do you well, have to make up 30 fucking things <laughs> on top also, of that? I mean... For for a start, I'm sure he came at it with the knowledge that, like, growing up, that it's a sin. And that, like, God doesn't want you to do it, right? But then he goes into the medical field, and in the mid-1800s, in the late 1800s, and the beginning of the 1900s, even with all of the stuff that he eventually creates and uses, like, medical devices that he will create and use... I feel like in some way or another, just in like laboratory readings, like ejaculation would look like you're about to die. You know? <laughs> I guess. Like your pulse starts going crazy. Yeah. Like all these like endorphins are shooting off in your brain. You start smiling. Like, uh, blood is shooting to different parts of your body. You get pumped you're up. You're sweating. You're twitching. You're fucking making noises. And then like a substance that I'm sure this man never wants to see. Yeah. Because he never pulled it out of his own body. Uh, shoots out of you. Oh, wow. Watch out. Out of the same tube that he knows that urine comes out of. That's different. Cause like, I mean, I didn't listen. I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't take the time to look into into when they they figured out that 
like how like the insides of like how like testicles and like the urethra work. Okay, I, I didn't look into that. Yeah, no, they figured that out. Um, I didn't have time at the beginning of time. Is when they figured that out. Yeah, yeah, that's when they like first like dissected a penis and were like, as you can see, this valve goes up and down <laughs> depending on where the blood flow is. <laughs> right. Welcome to sex education. Oh, thank you. Taught by Kermit the Frog. Um, Thanks, Kermit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so here's where it gets really dark, all right? Okay. This is really dark, man. Oh, cool. I like this. I know. I know you do. All right. Now, I don't know if you're going to really like want to stick to what you just said about liking this. I'll let you retract that <laughs> statement later if you'd like. <laughs> Because being a head medical doctor and a person who had 42 foster children Mm -hmm. and I'm sure was very influential around (coughs) the people they knew, um, and he's a celebrity doctor of the time. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. So many bad things piling up. Yeah, no, he's a... He suggested... He's what? Yeah, he's got a long, uh, impressive history. Yeah. I mean, like, why would you question what he tells you, right? Exactly, yeah. He's a trusted professional. Now, (coughs) he had his own ways to uh, break young boys of the habit of masturbating. Oh, I can only imagine from a cult leader like him. Now, these were suggested. <laughs> All right. And only some of only some of them uh I don't know. were put into practice. And by some, I mean like Take the ones that you're like, I really hope they don't do that. That's the ones they did. <laughs> the most. Definitely. Because the, pra- the procedures ranged from like like ludicrous to barbaric. So sorry. I thought I had a burp coming and I thought it was vomit and then nothing came out. <laughs> now I'm weirded out. <laughs> oh my God. There it is. Oh, thank God. Okay. Hey, man, gastroesophageal reflux disorder. Oh, really? Is a big issue. That sucks. Either way. So, <laughs> the procedures that he suggested include, go, goes anywhere from, from tying the boy's hands together, uh, bandaging the offended organ, the offending organ, that's what he calls it, the offending organ. The wiener? Yeah. He would just bandage their wiener? Yeah, just like wrap their dick up. What? Uh, Or put a cage over it. Over the... With spikes pointing inward. (laughs) So if they got hard, it would poke their dick. See? Told you, cult leader. Uh, Don't worry. It gets better. Or worse. Or better. Whatever. (laughs) Everyone's dead. He also recommends 
that uh, if boys of around anywhere from like 11 to 15 are masturbating mm-hmm. and their parents don't know how to make them stop, uh, he recommends circumcision without anesthetic. Ooh, on an adult child? Yeah, or like on a teenager. teenager? I don't know why I said adult. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, like you usually this, do it to this babies. This is the quote he says. He goes, as the brief pain attending the operation will have a salutary effect upon the mind. Oh, good. Exactly what you want to happen. Yeah, he wrote a whole book about this. Yeah. If you want to find it, it's called Plain Facts for Old and Young. Oh, that's fun. Which I believe, give me one second, I believe this is what uh, came out in 1907. Which probably got him kicked out of the church. Because they were probably upset that it was so outspoken. Now they'd probably no, no. be happy. Sorry, he published it in 1877. Yeah, I was about to say, like they'd be happy with this kind of stuff. This is what the church yeah. loves. Tur- turns out they were. Yeah. Uh, if you want it, it's available on Google Books. Wow. Check it out. <laughs> Ch- check it out, dog. Uh, we're, we're brought to you by Audible.com. The entire book is just, ah! <laughs> I want my mom. Your mom sent you here. <laughs> ah! Yeah, not a lot of fun back I'd then. I'd listen to that. Yeah, you would. I would want I would want Gilbert Gottfried to be John Harvey Kellogg, though. As the brief pain <laughs> attending the operation yeah. will have a salutary effect upon the mind, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so Kellogg actually didn't just have ideas for boys. Uh-oh. Don't worry. He's a doctor. He knows about girls, too, and where their testicles are inside of them. Fill it up with cement. You know those uh, those Philadelphia tubes that lead up to their testicles. Yeah. I don't know why they call it their egg, but we'll find out later. Crack them um, into a saucepan. Mmm. <laughs> for, for, for young girls and women who are caught you know, humping a pillow, or uh, or 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 getting down. Little man in a boat. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm gonna say flicking a bean like they're playing a uh, desktop football. Wow. Was that was that too accurate? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks. I just need an answer. An answer. I don't care what it is, <laughs> good or bad. I'm not listening. I know. <laughs> so so for girls, I don't know why I'm laughing. This is awful. Uh the the treatments included uh the ap- the application of pure carbolic acid. Oh my god. To the to the clitoris. Jesus Christ. Or in more extreme cases Full surgical removal. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
You didn't put it in a cage? No. No. I mean, based on how he likes to do circumcisions on boys when they're older. Yeah, he... Like, I I read some excerpts in the book. I didn't read the whole fucking book of plain facts because why the hell would I? Um... That's like that's like that's like reading Mein Kampf to get like aspirational advice. You know? Yeah. It's like reading the loser's dictionary. But uh he did say that like after he was it, he's like pretty happy. Like you can tell that he's happy when he writes about certain things. It's so fun to read this dude's writing. <clears throat> like there are full parts. There were like seven pages in this book that I read that he just like went on talking about how good yogurt tastes and how like delicious yogurt is and how like the people who make yogurt live so long and I'm like all right dude <laughs> this is a this is how a whole chapter about yogurt no 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 it was only it was only like 12 pages oh okay <laughs> Maybe 15. Well, that's a bit much for yogurt. You'll see. Um, (laughs) So if that, if all that wasn't bad enough, but I'm so sorry. I skipped ahead. Yeah, no, I was telling you that, uh, that, that in plain facts, he actually said that like, he's like, yeah, you got to do circumcisions without anesthetics on like older boys because not only will it stop them uh, from, like touching themselves for at least he said at least two weeks post surgery due to the pain uh that after that two weeks that they won't touch themselves because they have such a vivid memory of that pain basically Mm -hmm. i was like you bastard um but if that wasn't bad enough he also was one of the leading doctors in America for the uh, huh, early American eugenics movement. Oh, isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. If you want to hear more he about actually, eugenics, uh, what is it, episode 60? Something Have like lobotomy that. will travel slash uh, mm-hmm. Lynchburg, Virginia, eugenics, American eugenics. America's a fun it's place. It's because I... I love that you that you named it that, and I named it. Uh, what was it? World's best door to door salesman. Yeah, but that doesn't talk about anything about lobotomy. I know, but the dude went do- whatever. He was a door to door lobotomist. That was get have lobotomy will travel. He traveled the country. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. But so uh, back to eugenics. Um, John Harvey Kellogg actually funded. The Better Race Institute. Oh, nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like he was like 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 a founding member and like one of the main financial contributors, like him personally. Uh, and he supported the separate but equal philosophy. Oh, now that sounds so uh, non not ominous. I mean. Listen, I'm not I'm not being I'm not excusing this man. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's a white 
Christian guy from Michigan who studied to be a doctor in Michigan, New Jersey, and New York City, and then went back to Michigan and lived on his own little plot of land his entire life. I don't think he ever really knew many black people until he was much older. Mm -hmm. And so obviously he doesn't know shit about them. And you hear, I'm sure a lot of the people around him were like, this is the best thing. And he's like, yeah, it makes sense scientifically. Like, haven't you seen that guy, what he did with those, with those pea plants? You know what I'm talking about? What? Who are you talking about? Yeah, Mendel. Gregor Mendel. 1822, the Austrian scientist of the pea plant experiment. I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. He's the guy who made the, the theories about genetics. He, he figured out genetics with pea plants. Oh, wait. Genetics or eugenics? No, genetics. Oh, okay. Like genetic inheritance. Weird. That's why you draw a, Mende- a Mendel chart to figure out like genetic uh, disbursement for plants, at least for like. There's there's different charts for uh, more complex animals and stuff like that, obviously, but uh, especially for like for pea plants, like it's that like it looks like a four square box. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it at all. Okay, either way, um. He so John Harvey Kellogg did support a separate but equal philosophy, which uh, there were a lot of people. I hate to sound like our president, but <laughs> and it's the weird that I have to say that. Seems how I like you like when I was a kid, like we did like fifty push ups and fifty sit ups just to get like a signed paper from the president and it said it was he was proud of us. Oh, really? What is a weird. What a yeah, the, the presidential fitness test? Yeah, I don't I know I was um I was out of high school. Trying no kid left behind. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it was great. Um How many push-ups did you do? I have a lot of like, exactly the amount that I needed to do. Well, I think that that's your uh, civic duty. Yeah, specific. And then I have so, I have a few papers signed by George W. Bush. Oh wow! And he was like, "Congrats on doing push-ups," and I was like, Thanks. "You did it, bro." And I was like, "Yeah, I did." I totally so, didn't do nine uh, eleven. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Just don't ask." Don't tell anybody. Right. Don't tell anybody this, but uh, Dick Cheney and I totally did nine eleven, dude. But uh, no one's gonna believe you because. Why am I writing this to a little boy? And I was like, listen, man, that was six years ago. Mm. No one cares. Times have changed. <laughs> We're at war. Um, but so John, John Harvey Kellogg uh, was actually very outspoken again about his beliefs on race and segregation. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Even though... Well, yes. However, he did raise several black foster children. Did he adopt them? 
No, he he only adopted like they don't have an accurate count of how many kids he actually adopted. Wow. Yeah, they think it was like seven, <clears throat> but it could have been eight, could have been six, could have been forty. He had like forty-two over his entire life. I know it's crazy. It's a crazy but amount so, of children. Um, I know it's a perfect number. It is the answer. Mm-hmm. He figured it out. Yeah. Now, listen, all of the claims about him being racist and <laughs> him being into eugenics and him being all this, like, super fucking nutso anti-slap and tickle, uh, those claims can all be easily like easily substantiated. Wow. Very, very easily. Are you a now, Kellogg now, defender? <laughs> no. No, I would just like to be accurate with our conspiracies and our information because, listen, man, I don't want to go throwing around the wrong shit. Otherwise, I would have just, like, half-assed this. I mean, this would have been out three weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, There is a claim that's thrown around in two separate... I've seen it like two, three separate times, usually by people who are stupid. Um, but then again, everyone who throws around these claims is fucking dumb around the internet. Uh, that There's been claims that basically he only had major black figures like Booker T. Washington and like Sojourner Truth, uh, that he only had them as guests so that he could have them do speeches and like raise a lot of money mm-hmm. from them being there. And I looked into this as much as I possibly could. I couldn't find any proof of that. Well, that he so was doing... That he specifically had major black figures as guests to raise money. Oh, just because you don't outright say it doesn't mean that it's not true. Yeah, but, like, they stayed there multiple times and only did, like, a speech once, maybe twice, and it was when there was something on their on their subject, you know, something that, like, actually like revolved around what they do. Yeah, I don't know the politics of the 1890s or whenever this was, but I assume that he was probably, like, racist. Of course. Because that's what everybody was back then. Now, the other reason that I don't believe these claims is, I mean, because listen, you can be racist as all uh, all get out, all you want, whatever. You're already dead. Um, When I tell, I'll I'll tell you about it in a little bit, like in, in better detail, but the way that the sanitarium is set up like, John Harvey Kellogg made no money. Oh. The sanitarium, all the money it made fed into itself. Well, that's just good business. <laughs> exactly. You make so, no money. Yeah, he because, yeah, he lived on property. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a great business for him. Well, every dollar that he so made, said, he like, paid himself, I imagine, because that's how wealthy people do it. Like that's how Amazon doesn't make any money. 
reports zero profit because the money that they yeah, do make yes, goes right to Jeff. But I say, it's like yes and no because while like yeah they made no money no it didn't go straight to John Harvey Kellogg because a lot of what it went to was funding this massive complex that is the sanitarium and they were constantly making new machines and new like devices and like scientific uh, instruments to better work with people. Yeah. So they spent a lot of money on that, on like R&D as well. But either way, um, honestly, I, I with the amount that he goes on and on about being out in the sun, I feel like he probably would have been like pretty jealous of black people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Like, what does that I'm mean? I'm sure, like, he... <laughs> Dude, like, he would have spent, like, so long, like, trying to figure out how to, like, promote melanin in people, you know? Did they even know about that back then? What are you... Why are you spending so much time defending a, a Kellogg? I'm I'm not defending shit. <laughs> is a, I'm just telling you about point. things. Fine, then cut everything out. <laughs> I don't care. I, I'm not going to cut it out. I'm just moving slower than you wanted me to. Because, uh, well, well, we're done with all the bad shit. You happy? Huh? You happy now? We're done with all the bad shit about him. That was all the bad. I mean, there's there's one more bad thing about him. <laughs> we'll get to it in a second. You might not think it's bad, but, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you now. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it really matters. But John Harvey Kellogg was five foot four. Oh, uh, I like this part. And he uh, he's described as rotund yet athletic. That's how and, uh, that's how uh, I've been described. <laughs> and he, he he well he normally dresses entirely in white. I didn't. Uh, I don't do that. Well, he has like a doctor coat on and like wears like white pants. Uh, and I think like black shoes. And he has these like these glasses, and uh, has this like big white mustache, and this pointy white beard. What the fuck? He looks like a fucking Colonel Sanders. He looks like it's a hilarious. A, he, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he ate too Basically. much Colonel Sanders fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah, he probably knew the Colonel. Yeah, they probably served because the in colonel the war together. start. Well, the colonel started out by going around America selling a cookbook. It's a cookbook. Yeah, I have his cookbook. It's all like slave recipes that he stole. Ooh. All right, <laughs> off of that shit. Either way, uh, so all this, all the people in Switzerland are like, no, no, please continue. Um, I don't know how people in Switzerland talk. I, but, I don't know either. I think that's how it is. We love fried chicken. So, uh, <laughs> KFC, it is the best. Oh, like, KFC what? is racist. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm trying. I'm doing. I'm doing the the Belgian gold member. Yeah, I like gold. The gold, member. gold. Oh, oh my goodness! 
happen one day. It fell on my schwanz. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> this is getting crazy, man. So, I know, man, right? So, uh, Kellogg was actually one of the first major people to subscribe to what's now called germ theory. Oh, so he did wash his hands. Of course, dude. That's what I was telling you. Yeah, everyone before germ theory was like, washing your hands? Why would you do that? What, are you crazy? Well, the reason that he really subscribed to modern germ theory is because he obsessed over um, the lower bowels and studying for... uh, our, our more sensitive audience, excrement. Yeah, he loved uh, torturing little boys and women of their lower parts and then also looking at their poop. Interesting. Uh, weird way to look at it. But he viewed uh, shit as the window to the whole body's health. Wow. And he's actually not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, to this day... Yeah, the the presence of uh, certain bacteria in fecal matter can indicate indicate what's wrong with like a patient in a hospital. Literally, one of my favorite shows, if not like my favorite sitcom of all time, Scrubs in my musical has an entire song about it. Oh wow! Yeah, how how check the poo? <laughs> oh, I ne- I didn't re- I never really watched Scrubs. Oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. If anything, just watch my musical and uh, listen to the Pooh song. Um, And Kellogg did make some very well-used inventions. Uh, In the exercise realm, he actually made these uh, mechanical horses that were so well-loved. It's only rumored. It was never confirmed that uh, Coolidge had one of them in the White House. Wow. And that also there was one of his mechanical horses in the first-class gym of the Titanic. Really? Yeah. You think that's what brought it down? No. No, the Titanic is a huge conspiracy. Do you want to talk about that? No, 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 no. We don't have time. Not not right now, but like, do you want to do an episode about that? Because we, we could do fucking it. Can. put it on the it's a put huge it on the conspiracy roster. Killing all the Jews. Put it on the to do list. Okay. <laughs> I'll make a sticky note. Okay. That's how I've been keeping track of things. Uh, you just have like eighty five sticky notes. Michael's is still closed. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so actually, Kellogg did make some other really good inventions, including the heated blanket. Oh. Mm-hmm. The cornflake in uh, 1898. Wow. He invented peanut butter in 1893. Uh, stole it from um, George Washington Carver. Oh, you, you really think so? Wouldn't put it past him. I mean... Let's let's just let's just think for one for one quick quick second. Just wondering, um, if John Harvey Kellogg created peanut butter, 
1893. <laughs> just wondering. Just, yeah. Just, just, just a no, question. I, I get you. Which also, just so you know, John Harvey Kellogg is not the first person to invent peanut butter. No, yeah, he's not. And he's also not the first person to patent it. No, he's, he definitely isn't. No, the first person to patent it was this uh, Canadian guy who patented it in, like, I want to say, like, 1862 or 1863. Wow. Um, yeah. Kellogg stole it from uh, that guy. In... No, everyone just kept making the same shit. It's an old, like... It's an ancient food. It's just grinding up peanuts. No one ever invented it before. The Mayans did. It doesn't matter. It's about patenting. <laughs> and and George Washington Carver only patented three things in like his whole life. And I think they were all like different methods of examining the peanut. Yeah. Different crazy stuff but, with uh, the peanuts. But Kellogg also, he invented over 80 different grain and nut products. And, obviously, because it goes with the whole niche of breakfast, or niche, or niche, or niche. Um, he also invented radiation therapy for cancer patients. Oh, wow. Yeah, it really goes with the cereal theme, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, here, here, you know. <laughs> what? Not, not, not every invention can go, can go big. You yeah. Know, some have to go home. I, I guess. Um, did he try to patent that, that uh, boner stopper? <laughs> I don't know, but I have seen things like that in, like, Sex shops. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't go to a lot of sex shops. Like, you ever been to, like, the Lion's Den? I'm a card holder. No. They have the reverse cage for the wiener thing? Yeah. They're mostly made of plastic nowadays. Ah, oh, It's pansies. a chastity belt for men. It's really strange. I, like I didn't understand. She, the the lady in the store who was trying to sell me on a wand that like shocks you with electricity. Tot. She was like, she was like, I don't know, the gays like it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, get me three. And she was like, it's right next to the ball extenders, and I was like, I don't even want. What else you got? Um. So, some of his inventions that did not go mainstream. Uh, he had a he made a vibrating chair, <laughs> okay. Which sounds good in theory, right? I mean, like we have those nowadays. Yeah, it's like the only reason to go to Sharper Image. Yeah, when you're in the mall. Mm-hmm. Oh, those stores are probably gonna be dead. Yeah, they're probably gone nowadays. Yeah, they're definitely gone. Because who's gonna want to go in there and like put their feet in the same foot massager as someone else? That's how you get the. That's you how you get the Rona. It. Foot COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, however, <laughs> John Harvey Kellogg's vibrating chair was actually a wooden chair that vibrates uh, up to 60 times per second. <laughs> so seizure inducing. Yeah. What well, was to stimulate the bowels? Oh. 
really get the whole thing moving. I think that's I think that's true because sometimes when I go up this like a flight of stairs, by the time I get to the top of it, I'm like I gotta I gotta take a dump. Yeah, but could you imagine sitting in a chair just like <laughs> just like shook you around? Yeah, I guess it'd and be a little like, rough. Oh, I gotta poop now. Everything shook like that uh, though back in the day, like horseback riding, like Model Ts, whatever they're driving. <laughs> but everything fucking shook like a motherfucker. I'm sure. I'm very sure. Uh, now that one didn't really go. Didn't get really get that 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 mainstream. Nor did the uh, beating and slapping machine, which uh, it was made to stimulate circulation. Uh, it kind of looks like that. Um, like the like the the thing at the car wash mm. that uh, kind of like smacks the shit out of your car. Yeah, like the sad mop Honestly, one that just like sits on your car and just like wiggles like left and right a little bit. <laughs> yes, like a sad. I, I've been thinking about it a, a lot. <laughs> oh, just that I one think, thing. <laughs> uh huh. I what I what 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 I think it might be it might be for uh, might might be a, to 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 like smack and like smear the 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 coat of wax around your car yeah i don't know but then why would it hit your windows whatever i guess um, to get that waxy coat on your and your windows <laughs> and your wiper so the blades and slapping machine <laughs> and your everything yeah that's really good for and your everything door on, on the car creases or whatever so you can't even open the fucking door and your baby <laughs> and hopefully why my windows leave not the open? window open oh no my baby Honey, I thought you fixed it. You're like, no, no, no. I told you the roof is caving in. <laughs> I have, I have a bag on the window, and you know what? It said it was hefty, <laughs> but obviously, it was fucking wimpy. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> As your child is sobbing in the back seat, covered in wax and soap. Yeah. And some guy is just like some Eastern European man is rushing out in like a checkered shirt with his uh, like chest hair shooting out. And he's just throwing fucking air conditioners like ninja stars into your car. Oh, come back. Come back. Come back. I think that's the guy that waxes your car. No. Yeah. Like they put the wax on after you're done with the car wash. His name's not Mr. Miyagi, and he doesn't have any karate kids. Okay, he's not putting any wax on. Yeah, but they usually have like two buffer hands. They're just like buffering it up. No, I mean like like the legitimate dude, like the manager, just like running out and just hucking fucking the 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 blue tree air freshener, just like hanging them on your baby's ears I, on either side. I'll be honest with you, Dean. Just, if you get a blue, if you put a blue of those fucking trees in my car, I'll, I'd kill you. Green only, dude. Really? Green. Really? Like a tree. Well, the 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 green is pine tree smell. Yeah, it's evergreen. Mm. It's a gross smell. Love it. Blue is uh blue is new car smell, dude. Ugh. Get that out of here. And then you got the black tree, which is black ice. <laughs> really? It smells like black like, ice. What does that smell like? Yeah. 
I don't know what that smells like. You're like, also, why would... I don't know. Good. Uh, so, so John Harvey Kellogg saw himself as a health reformer. Oh. Um, he, he figured that he was here to improve the body, mind, and soul through a program that he calls biologic living. Oh, okay. Um... And honestly, in, in my personal opinion, the reason that he's incredible as a doctor, simply as a, as like a doctor, dietitian, nutritionist, surgeon, person, like the reason that I am so blown away by him is the fact that each and every single individual patient is given their treatment plan by him. In person, are you picking up what I'm putting? Yeah, down, no, sir? I didn't. I zoned out for a second, and then you stopped talking. Are you, are and you, I was are like, you sniffing when I'm when I'm when I'm farting? Wait, what happened? He's oh no, <laughs> Michael. I zoned out for two seconds. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's wait. Fine. So he gives everyone. I'm sure our audience care? did too. Not not specifically. He he like, I'll tell you about this in the next episode. Uh, when we talk about the sanitarium, but like they go through a battery of tests when they first get in there. And then like they give this sheet to him and he like has one-on-one FaceTime with these people, like with a smattering of doctors, obviously. And he prescribes the actual treatment plan for each person individually based specifically on seeing them, talking to them, seeing the results looking at their fucking shit and vomit himself. Uh which is amazing. Okay. Yeah, no, he like how many were, people came in a year? Um like just general fucking ballpark. Just like a thousand people, ten thousand, a hundred thousand. Uh not 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 a hundred thousand, Jesus Christ. Uh Okay, the first year it was open, uh, there were 106 patients. Ten years later, in 1876, when John Harvey took over, uh, there were 208. Oh, that's not that and bad. And then ten years after he took over, when he got popular, uh, <laughs> there were 825 patients that year. Uh, and then 1896 to 1897... There were fifteen one thousand five hundred eighty four patients, and then nineteen oh six to nineteen oh seven there were twenty eight hundred recorded patients. That doesn't seem however, that crazy. However, okay, to give twenty eight hundred personal diagnosis and treatment plans. Well, he was like a quack. No, he was legit. He was legit as shit, dude. That picture that you just showed me of legit. the of the car wash thing does not seem very legit. Hey, man. <laughs> First off, it probably actually did the job that he was looking for it to do. Because you got to remember, placebo effect is huge. They didn't even discover the placebo yet. <laughs> that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's not, it doesn't exist. Uh, and also... Like twenty eight hundred per year, 
represents less than half the amount of people that were actually there. Because the number of people that were actually just staying there and weren't patients, like they weren't there for like intensive care, they were just there for the system. Yeah. And they still, they still got treated the same way. They just didn't get like as intense treating, treatment. Oh, I thought he just saw them for like uh, the first day or two. You said. Uh, yes and no. Depends on how intense of an issue they have. Because there are people that would stay for a long time. There are people that would stay for years. And he would go in there and check up on them? Yeah, and like keep doing progress reports with them, trying to figure out if they're doing the right thing, if they need to adjust anything, especially in the beginning. Um, but in 1906, the actual number of patrons was like literally 7,006. That seems like a lot. It was huge. Um, so we'll talk about all that next episode. Ooh. But uh, before we go, I want to wrap this up by uh, asking a quick question, Michael. Okay, Dean. Because uh, I I got I gotta wonder, sir. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about enemas? Uh listen. Listen, I love them. Oh. John Harvey Kellogg loves them. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about them? Well, I've never tried them. They seem like fun. You put a bucket on a door or whatever and you put a tube in your asshole? No. Is that an enema? It's not boofing. That's an enema. I mean, yes, kind of. It's like a really weird Scooby-Doo way of giving yourself an enema. I've been watching uh, a lot of Pornhub. Pornhub enemas? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe. I'm sure even Pornhub uses like a fucking like squeeze bottle. No, they use a wiener. That's fair. Um, I told you, I just made an account on Pornhub if you want to friend me. <laughs> yeah, we can be friends. It's uh it's Baldersash. Like Balderdash, yeah. but I misspelled it. And I put an extra S instead of a D. Oh um, shit. Watch out. That's right. Um <laughs> so <laughs> Kellogg was actually <laughs> so, <laughs> there, I'm gonna get so many friend requests on Pornhub, this is gonna be incredible. Yeah, hopefully they're um on not that's Hopefully they're all dudes. An audience. I hope it's all everyone. And all their I want they, them's, zers. I don't want any he, she's. Okay. I want it's. Okay. I want y'all's. I want ums. Well, that seems like a fun weekend. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, <laughs> so Kellogg was quoted actually saying he goes uh. More people need washing out than any other remedy. That's that's probably true. Especially before uh, people had showers. Right? When they invent the shower. Yeah, and they're eating terrible diets, dude. People people are fucking like constipated all the time. No, because they're not coming. <laughs> no, I mean like people just in like general society. They have like terrible diseases of the bowels because they're eating like 
very raw meat. They're eating like no vegetables, no fruit. Uh, they're eating like a lot of like really, really shitty carbs for them, like very heavily processed, very fine grain that's like basically sawdust. And so like they're all getting like bloated stomachs and like, uh, you know, they're like shitting blood. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I live in 2020. You kidding me? I can fucking go on my phone and have some dude on a bike bring me Chinese food at 2 in the morning. And I don't have to tip him. And he still goes, thanks, man. You don't tip him? Because he... I I do, but I'm saying I don't have to. Oh, okay. I was about to say... And he would never know until he's like, he days away, you know? Oh, they don't tell him right away? That's really shitty. No. I want to know if someone tipped me or not right away. And if they didn't, I'd be like, fucking, I'm going to burn that house down, dude. Of course. That's why they don't tell you. So you don't, like, fuck with their food. (laughs) But, um... Kellogg actually had a special enema room. (laughs) I can't wait to hear about this. The name of it was the Sanctum Sanctorum. Really? Yes. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. That's a fucking... Wait, so Dr... um, The Sanctum Sanctorum was the name of his enema room. What the fuck? Who's that doctor? They just made a... I don't know, Doc Ock? No, the uh, the wizard from Marvel. Uh, Doctor Doctor Strange? Strange, yeah. His uh, his 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 house is called the Sanctum Sanctorum. I know it. It in Latin it means Holy of Holies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, okay, and that was the That's name of his enema room. They should have called it the back <laughs> the door Holy of Holies. Sanctorum. Uh, it's just better when I say it. Holies of Holies. Yeah, you get it? Because your butthole is a hole. Yeah, I, I fucking get it, man. <laughs> I'm laughing at my own joke over here. Well, I can't wait to see that um, that back door, back door action. Oh, just wait till you see the pictures. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm already looking Kellogg at it. Kellogg actually... He actually created a special uh, enema machine. Oh, God, no. That could pump 15 quarts of water per minute. You don't need that many. How many? Okay, let's talk about this next week. We'll talk talk about enemas a little bit more next week when we get to hydrotherapy. But uh, to wrap up John Harvey Kellogg, I'll tell you, he was uh, very obsessed with bodily cleanliness. Um, external and internal. And so if water was not enough, he actually was obsessed with yogurt. And we'll talk about this more next time. But he uh, had all patients consume a pint of yogurt every day. Like all patrons and patients consumed a pint of yogurt every day. Uh, But his patients also would get yogurt enemas. Wow. Wow. Talk about a cream pie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he also ordered his patients... I kid you, this is, this, he's so fucking weird. But he like knew what the hell he was talking about. Uh, he ordered his patients to produce four or more bowel movements a day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think I do one, maybe two. His, his reasoning is he said that it, he wanted them to be 
just like the healthy apes that he observed on a safari in Africa. What was he doing to those apes? Well, apes are very strong, you know, perfectly fit vegetarian beings. And they shit four times a day? Yeah, dude, they're vegetarians. Was he shoving yogurt up their asses too? (laughs) No, I'm sure he was just putting it in front of them and they were like... (laughs) But, uh, so... Kellogg actually had to sadly close the doors of the sanitarium uh, in 1938 because they struggled after the great uh, after the you know, in the Great Depression. Oh, that sucks. Uh, and he was 87 years old when he closed down the sanitarium, and he was three <clears throat> three million dollars in debt. <laughs> that's uh, that's what animals will do to you, man. Yeah, man, they really get you there. Uh, so it's it's neither here nor there on whether he actually ever changed his mind on the evils of sex. Some say that he did actually drop his obsession around 1920, but a lot of others maintain that he that he uh, never retracted any of his claims. No, you, why would you? Right. You double down. Um, you always double down. And then uh, he actually died at age 91 after developing acute bronchitis and pneumonia. And he died on December 14th, 1942. Oh. Yeah. The world weeps. But that is John Harvey Kellogg. Oh, jeez. Now, he is not the one, as you can tell, he is not the one who made the cereal company. Yeah, no, I was waiting for the you cereal. You know of as Kellogg's. His, the cereal company Kellogg's was made by his brother, his younger brother, W.K. Kellogg, uh, which we will give him his own episode, don't worry, because he is also a very cool person who went from like selling brooms to like breeding horses. But uh, With the brooms? Yeah. Why do you think they make the 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 pole so long so you could reach them exactly <laughs> so you can get where you're reaching uh <laughs> but thank you for listening uh very happy to be back with you all it was a long time in books and away from people so as always Stay vigilant, stay wild. Uh, hit us up on Instagram at Wild Podcast to say what's good. Also at Pornhub. Um, was it B A L D E R S A S H? No capitals at all, nothing. Just shoot me a friend request and send me a message that says WW, and I'll know it. You're from Wild Wasteland. Uh, it's a very odd request. Yeah, this is a very I'm strange thing you're doing. Hey, man, you're not stopping me. Well, I, I you like know it. I'm expecting a friend request from you as well. Yeah, I'll go make a Pornhub account and put my you put my better. dick as the uh, as the as the picture, and then I'll friend request you. You don't need a picture. Why would you put a picture? Isn't that what you you're what supposed you to do? You're supposposed to make a Pornhub account and then instantly take a picture of your wiener and put it as your profile picture. No. Oh, I thought that's what you're supposed no, to do. No, I might put I might put this picture of John Harvey Kellogg as my 
as my picture on Pornhub. Just him sitting in a wicker chair, cheersing a glass of milk <laughs> in his full in his full white outfit. It's cum. You think I should do that? Yeah, sure. Go nuts. It might be yogurt. It probably is yogurt. It might. This is going up my it ass. It might be yogurt. It might be a glass of yogurt. But yeah, so that was John Harvey Kellogg. We will talk more about him, obviously, when we talk about his sanitarium in the next week. And uh, as always, the world's getting crazy, so stay vigilant, stay wild, and uh, stay tuned every wild Wednesday for more beautiful fucking content. Beautiful content. Beautiful content. Gorgeous. It's wonderful. Pulchritudinous. Stay sleazy, you fuckers. Oh, but I love them.